Hello and welcome to Plotris and another episode of Errata Not Erotica. I don't know if I can hear you. Oh, can you can hear me, right? Yes, I can. Oh my god. It used to be when it got that quiet, it meant something had gone wrong. You have to I'm I'm glad you're recording this because we're just gonna do an errata about like when we got new microphones. <laughs> And like we're we're not equipped for things that work this well. We're I too messy. Know. I need to be able to like pop water in the background and whatever. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I know that's the problem. <laughs> I feel like Catherine Grant and Taylor Swift are really similar in that as artists, they're committed to challenging themselves. And they never, like, Taylor Swift never wants to put out the same album twice. And Catherine Grant is not going to keep putting out the same book over and over again. And so sometimes that leads to, like, the governess without guile, guilt. Guilt. Sometimes that leads to the governess without guilt. And sometimes that leads to the reputation album. And no, they are not my favorite. But it makes me really impressed with them as artists who are committed to continuing to challenge themselves. And so even when they're, like, misses in terms of what I'm looking to consume it makes me more excited for what they're going to do next because I know they're innovating and that they're not going to just keep putting out the same thing over and over again even in genres that are typically really friendly to people being very formulaic I just really love that you managed to work Taylor Swift into our romance novel podcast (laughs) as often as possible hey wendy and tony (laughs) so i was thinking i have talked before about how my gateway into romance was julie garwood and i read her when i was in like middle and high school and one of the reasons i loved her at the time was because well she wrote a lot of medieval romance and a lot of the characters were Catholic, and I was pretty Catholic at the time. And they would only, they had sex, but only after they got married. And it was like really hot sex, but it was like married hot sex. And so I, I, I obviously branched out after that <laughs> to see romance novel podcast. <laughs> but um, I was reminded of this uh, recently when we were reading the Awakened by a Kiss series by Sheriff Michaels. Um, the characters are not specifically religious, but in all of the books, the culmination of the sex scene, like they make out a lot, but they don't have sex until after they get married. And anyway, I was just reminded of my Julie Garwood days. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I pay much attention yeah. to an author's trend if they prefer... To get the characters married first mm-hmm. or not? I, I only, it only struck me recently um, when we were reading the third one because it was so sexy and they had sex like a lot. But I realized they got married really early in that book. And in the other two, they didn't get married until much further. Yeah. No, it's an interesting thought, and I think I, I, I'm interested to read the rest of Sharice Michaels' work. Mm-hmm. I do think some of it just comes from authors being more comfortable writing sex. Yeah, with later books in a series or in their career, um, 
some of it has to do with specific characters. Like, I do think in the third Awakened by a Kiss series, it's not that I don't think they would have followed through if they hadn't been caught before marriage. Mm -hmm. But I do think so much of Drew's character was her decorous behavior. Yeah. That I buy that character. Right. Would have required. Yes. Marriage. I totally agree. Yeah. And so I think some of it is with the waking guy by a kiss specifically like fairy tales. You don't often it's the kiss is the end. Yeah. So if you're following that trope, I think you kind of have to get them married before they run around fucking like bunnies. It's true. Now that doesn't mean they couldn't have had a first time beforehand, but I kind of get with the trope she's working with. Mm -hmm. No, I agree. That waiting is implied. Yeah. No, I was, it was just interesting to me to like hearken back to my, my first romance, historical romance love, Julie Garwood. Gotta get married. Yeah. Oh yeah. There were a lot of marriages convenience. I'll just say that much. (laughs) (laughs) That is to say though, I went to several, I was in Georgia, the state, not the country. And I went to several independent bookstores throughout a couple of cities in coastal Georgia. None of them had a bodice ripper ripper section. Mm. And when I asked for a bodice ripper, like they overheard me. They're like, we have romances. And they not, I was like, no, no, no. Like clinch cover, bodice ripper. Like, they're like, oh, not really. And then one of them pulls off this new release. She was so sweet, but so wrong. That's like a translation of an 1895 memoir of a French courtesan and her boyfriend and it's like supposed to be really really steamy but I'm just like this is not what I'm talking about so just if you're going to coastal Georgia bring your own romance novels people thank god you had my kindle and my kindle (laughs) two kindles full exactly because I would not have been able to find them down there This next excerpt was from when we recorded the most recent Bromance Book Club Christmas edition. For the best. But yeah, I, I, the, and the, the Christmas Day, not the epilogue Christmas Day, but the last Christmas Day in the book, or I guess it was Christmas Eve Day, was Christmas Day, whatever, was extremely distressing. Yes. And honestly, the grand gesture here kind of sucked. Like, I know that it's, like, getting the whole gang to go is part of the fun now, but it was so not Gretchen. Yes. And you had him, like, pay lip service to that, but then the end is still all their friends around them. Like, I don't know. I still think, like, it was, it was, this book felt more like it was to appease the, like, what she'd established in this series prior. Mm Mm-hmm. With a cute couple she had some good ideas for in the center of it, then, like, yeah. it's, it's really its own book. Does that make sense? I mean, it does. It makes sense. I can't handle all the Bridgerton leaks. Oh, I haven't been paying much attention. It's only been set photos. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, they look so good. Mm-hmm. That I'm getting my hopes up again, even though they've already published what the story will be. And I know it's already ruined before it starts. Oh, they've already published the story? Well, the, yeah, not like the script, but the concept is going to be, she's decided to move on from him, but it doesn't go well. 
And so she asks him for help courting guys. And he becomes like the guy helping her meet other men. Which is. I don't hate it, actually. I wouldn't hate it if it wasn't being sold as romancing Mr. Bridgerton. I mean, it's nothing is going to be. After the fiasco of season two, I was just like, I, like I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you, Lane. If they have sex and it's sexy, then I'm probably going to just like it. Before the end of episode seven. Correct. I need that caveat. Yes, I if they have one sex, sex like, scene in episode eight. Well, no, 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 no. I want it to be more like episode, like the first season with a lot of sex between Colin and Penelope. I also want to see a fat woman having sex. Like, sexily. I need them to have sex by, okay. I need them to make out by episode three. I mean, yeah, in a carriage. I, I need them to have made out. Mm-hmm. Preferably by the beginning of episode three. I mean, but I'll if, give them till the end. E- look, this, the, the the entire story is different. But if she does that thing, the scene, my favorite scene, where she's like, "Would you kiss me?" Yes, that's what I'm saying. She needs to ask him to kiss her mm-hmm. by episode three. Absolutely no later. As and a part of the, s- look, if it's part of the husband hunt, I'm fine. If she's like, "I've never been kissed. I need to know what it's like." Fine, I'm fine with that. And I absolutely need penetrative sex by episode five. If they don't do that, this is like you, they've already changed the plot of my favorite. If it's not explicit, (laughs) I'm out. (laughs) It doesn't have to be penetrative. If he goes on down, if he goes down on her, I'm also fine. Just saying. I, he can go down on her too. I need them to go all the way by episode five. I don't need them to go all the way. If he goes down on her, that's okay. I, you know what? I want you to cut this, and I want to play it after we've watched the season. There is a reason that I hit record before I brought this up. <laughs> Strategery. Strategery, Meg. Strategery. We'll see. We'll see if it lives up. Look, I don't even care if the rest of the thing is, like, total mm. bullshit, because that's what I'm expecting at this point. I'm 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 comfortable giving up on the B plots, accepting that they want this to be a soap opera, which I fucking hate, and that I'm just gonna hate everything that isn't Penelope and Colin. That's, That's fine. fine. Like That's I fine. can accept that as my truth that Penelope and Colin will only be forty percent of the season because sixty percent will be shitty B plots. They better fucking bone. Yeah, I want it to bone. I want it to bone a lot. I also would really like to meet John Sterling. I think the fact that they've recast Francesca means that's going to happen. I do too. Because they wouldn't have recast her if they could have gotten away with continuing for her to have as little screen time as she has had. That actress could have stuck around. If those things are met, if Colin and Penelope get it on all the time and I meet John Sterling, I'm going to declare this season a success. Do you also want to meet Michael Sterling simultaneously? No, because Michael is supposed to meet her at, at the, the wedding. wedding or at the I'm rehearsal saying, dinner but is this the, the season where the wedding happens between That's Francesca fine. and Michael Sterling I don't, that one that does not factor into my su- success rubric like here's the thing a plus season is a faithful adaptation of romancing Mr. Bridgerton Duh. That's it's not possible we've it's not gonna happen our hearts are already broken 
I think the best this season can achieve in my mind is a B plus because it is not going to be a faithful adaptation of Romancing with Bridgerton. Yeah. And the most important factor in whether or not this is a faithful, like a B plus is how much they bone. Yeah, totally. How much they bone. If they bone a whole lot and Francesca doesn't meet John, B. B plus if Francesca meets John and it's like a really stirring love story. I will say this. Yeah. It will lose a full letter grade if everything we've just described happens, but Marina gives Colin permission to be with Penelope on her deathbed. Oh, you're that right. That is oh still my, my biggest fear. Like, don't. I don't care if everything else is perfect and that happens. It loses at least a full letter grade. If that happens, max C plus, guys. Correct. No, that's what I'm saying. If that happens, max C plus. I will be so infuriated. Yeah. And I like, legitimately, I've had a lot of predictions, most of which have been wrong about this show. But mm-hmm. I feel in my bones I'm that this is going to happen. I really hope that it's wrong. <laughs> but like, I feel in my, my very bones. Oh my god. <laughs> oh. So at All this right. point, I'm operating with the the philosophy of Maxi plus. That's fair. But it's also, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. It's still, I mean, C plus is still a passing grade. C's get degrees. 